Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Seek and ye shall find. Perhaps the most well-known words from that passage today. Seek and ye shall find. Well, I tell you that today, in this, this particular time and season of the year, there have never been so many seekers as I have seen these past few weeks. People are out seeking all the time. They are looking up and down all the streets in town, around your neighborhoods, they're driving in their cars around, all seeking the same thing. These little, kind of stuffed animal looking creatures with Dr. Seussian names like Weedle and Snorlax. Yes, I'm talking about Pokemon Go. You know you've seen them, people wandering around and walking throughout the town or riding their bikes and looking at, down at their phone as they are moving around town. And I have to tell you, I've, I've gotten... I've got information from both sides. People, people are very divided on the issue of Pokemon Go. People think it's a wonderful thing. It gets them out of the house and gets them enjoying their, the land around them, getting to meet people. And there are other people who see it as a sure sign of our society's decay that Pokemon Go exists. Well, I downloaded it. <laughs> and I've played it for about the past week. And it's fun. <laughs> I'm lie. If you can get this guy out of the house, wandering around the neighborhood, it's a good thing. And I have found out that there are things near my house I never knew were there. The branch of Phycapathate, it's just like two blocks from my house. I had no idea. There meet people and neighbors on the street that I hadn't met before just walking around. It's kind of a fun thing. Now, it does have its downside. As I said, in order to search for these Pokemon, you have to watch your screen a lot. And so you see a bunch of people, even though they're walking around, they are zoned into this narrow focus on their phone. And while you may be able to find a lot of Pokemon that way, you can't find God from looking at an app on your phone. But seeking is just as important. In order to find God, you have to open your focus. You have to look at the world around you. You have to see God in the faces of the people that you meet in their words, in their embraces, in the sharing and generosity of the heart. That's where God is to be found, and Jesus is trying to tell us this today. He's talking about seeking and finding and asking, and you shall be given to you, and knocking on the door. He starts out by giving us this story, this hypothetical story of you going up to a friend's house at midnight, which already is a little bit weird that you're going to your friend's house at midnight. And knocking on the door and asking for three loaves of bread because you've had somebody to show up at your house and you have nothing to give them. 
and your friend totally dissing you and saying, you know what, I'm in bed already, I'm not going to get up, my door's locked, I don't feel safe opening the door at night, so I'm sorry, man, I'm just not going to help you. Jesus says, well, there's one thing that's going to get your friend up, and that's the fact that you're going to sit there and keep hammering on his door until he does. And I can tell you, perseverance is an amazing thing. And being the parent of a a two-and-a-half-year-old, I see it all the time. They do not give up. Jack, I think like many two-year-olds out there, many children, they get an idea that he wants something. He is not going to stop until you can do one of two things. You can either convince him that the object of his desire no longer exists, or you can somehow blessedly redirect his desire to something else. But there's no other way to get him to stop. And he will try everything. He will ask politely. He'll just keep mentioning it. He'll start to whine. He'll start to cry. You know, whatever it is, he'll try to get you to give him or let him do whatever that thing is. If perseverance were the key to life, two-year-olds would rule this world. Fortunately, it's not. Fortunately, we have the love of Christ being the key to life. And Jesus tells us that even when we would not give bread to a friend because we couldn't be bothered to, Jesus will give us, God will give us what we need when we ask Him. That if we go out and seek God, we will find Him. If we go out and we ask for love, we will get it. If we go out and we knock on a door, someone who has the love of God in their hearts will open that door for us. It's not just a lesson for us to know what will happen if we go out and we seek. It's a lesson to help us know what it means for us as people who have the love of Christ, how we should react when others come seeking. We can't narrow our focus just on the people that we love, just on the people who are close to us, as Jesus says. We can't just help the people who we know really well. In order to share the love of God, in order to live in God's love, we have to share it and open our doors to all who come seeking, to all who are in need. It's not an easy thing. We all have that evil in our hearts, that evil that makes us not want to get up, not want to help, to be too busy to help out someone in need or, or too frightened to help somebody because we don't know the situation. It's a difficult thing to open our hearts at times to people. Especially if they're people we don't trust. People we don't know very well. And yet Jesus says in no uncertain terms that if you go seeking God's love, you will find it. And we, as bearers of God's love in our heart, need to be able to be available to those who are in need. This past week, we buried a man who truly understood this concept of opening your hearts to all who are in need. Opening your hearts to all of your neighbors. This past week, Bishop Duncan Montgomery Gray Jr. was laid to rest. For those of you who don't know Bishop Gray, he was an amazing Christian. Someone who stood up for those who were in need at a time when many people wouldn't listen. A time when many people condemned him for doing so. He embraced the concept of sharing our love with all of God's people, even those we mistrust or don't know or are different. Perhaps a singular memory of his, of his life is of him standing there and escorting James Meredith to class 
at Ole Miss. But as a bishop, he also continued to spread that love to all the churches. He's a great example, and many of our ministries have been influenced by his presence. We laid him to rest this past week, and I'm talking about Bishop, the most recent Bishop Gray's father. I, I call him the elder Bishop Gray, but for those of y'all who've been around a while, he's really the middle Bishop Gray. But he was an example to all of us on what it means to open your, broad, open your heart broadly. The top of the cross, we are, we are doing just that right now. If you're undergoing a capital campaign to raise money for a new worship space, it's important to remember the purpose of that worship space is to open our hearts, to open, make the love of God open to those who are in need. To welcome people in to the family of Christ. We need a bigger worship space so more people can be part of this community. To make it easier and give us better resources for doing God's work in this world. And so many of you, probably maybe all of you, have had somebody come knocking on your door or wanting to knock on your door or seeking or asking you for support in this endeavor. And I hope that each of you has taken to heart the message that when people ask, it shall be given. When people knock on your door, you will open it. People seek, you will help them to find. And that you will share of your own generosity to help to make this dream come true. To always remember the reason that we're doing it is to open our hearts to our community. Open our lives, our worship, to make the love of God accessible to the people around us. That we may share it and have it grow and give it back. This is an incredibly important task. Perhaps the most important task we have as human beings is to know and share the love of God. And it's no more apparent than it is right now, as daily we see heartbreaking news. People who are so broken that they have to go out and destroy life. We see it daily. It happens all the time. We live in fear of it in our own communities. And I tell you, there's only one way only one way to heal that kind of brokenness. Ultimately, the only thing that will ever heal this broken world is love. It's the only thing that can ultimately heal it. We can do things at times to make ourselves a little safer here, to, you know, encourage people to, to get help there. But loving each other is the only thing that ultimately will cure the world of the brokenness. It's that love that comes from Jesus Christ. So the work we do when we build a church, when we get together to worship, or when we ask a friend to come to church with us, that work is about sharing the love of God. It's a sacred duty. And it's incredibly important. Let the Chapel of the Cross, this community, not just this place, but this community and all the houses and homes and workplaces of those who worship here, be places that people can go and know that if they seek, they will find the love of God. And if they ask for the love of God, they will receive it from us. And if they not, then our doors, be it our home or our office or this church or another new church, 
that our doors will be open to all of God's people who seek his love. Amen.